0: Velvety soft bath hands and some real thud in the back leading to moments like this and McConaughey and he's snaking his right way through and it clapped to Glanville, singer is standing, waiting, pouncing! Away. Beautifully dark gathered scores. The two young bucks who underline their love of this place earlier in the week, Orlando Bailey and Max AjoMo, Jomo
1: conspire in thrilling fashion. Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Club, the rugby podcast by the fans and for the fans. Plugging the boys in blue, black and white. My name is Gable, and as ever, I'm joined by my good friend and fellow Bath fan, Tom. Tom, normally Bath's stint at the top of the table lasts just zero weeks, being the first alphabetically. This season, it managed to last two weeks back down to fourth this week, and maybe back down to earth with a loss to Saints.
0: Yeah, um, two from four now. Um, I will get my maths right Um, (laughs) this week. Still in the top four, but it's all so very tight, I mean, outside of Newcastle, It looks like all the games are really, you know, potentially could could go either way. So yeah, still very tight, but another close defeat, another game that, as we'll come on to, could have gone either way. Really,
1: a real frustrating one, wasn't it, at Franklin's Gardens on Saturday? We've just spent the evening rewatching the game, and yeah, certainly one that Bath probably didn't play well enough to win, but had the chances to to absolutely win that game, and given how close the previous week against Leicester was, we could very, very easily be sat four from four. Probably not justified though on, on, on the performance on Saturday. Yeah, a
0: lot of a lot of errors, um I think particularly in, in that first half, we just didn't look our look ourselves at all. And I think, you know, even though it was close and even though we, we really could have come out with a win if any one of those opportunities in mm. the in the, in the second half and, and the back quarter in particular had come to, to fruition. I think they're going to be getting a real stern talking to this week because some of the elements of the the, the game plan that Johan van Graan really prides himself on, so kicking, set piece, and a really really tight aggressive defence. I think those were all areas where we really lacked at times on on Saturday, and I think that will be the that will be the big concern. It was a bit uncharacteristic. In, in some ways at times.
1: It felt a lot like the bath of early last season, I think, before Johan had really started to to get to grips with the team. It felt like a team a little bit directionless, particularly in attack and, and particularly with their t- kicking game, and also a team that made a hell of a lot of errors. Mm. And we'll, I'm sure we'll detail those throughout the podcast.
0: Well, and I think some of it came down to the selection as well. You know, seven changes... You know, mm. a, a, an inexperienced half-back pairing from a Bath point of foot, point of view. You know, Lewis Schroder and Orlando Bailey, Finn Russell rested, and, and Ben Spencer dropped to the bench. And I think you agree that that played a big part. I think in in how we managed the game overall.
1: I've got a theory on the Finn Russell situation, which could very easily be
0: proven wrong as soon as this Thursday. Well, and quite a lot of criticism, we should say, for those who haven't seen. I mean, various media outlets coming out and questioning why Finn Russell two weeks well yeah four weeks into the into the regular season and having gone out in the in the group stage of the World Cup why he has been rested Bath came out to kind of justify this and to you know talk about the way that we we will be rotating with the congested season as it is but yeah hit us up with this theory what's well, no, your that, well, been, how how are
1: you seeing it? Then have been listening to the podcast you've been telling us over and over again yeah. 16 games back-to-back, back. we've got to rest and rotate, so silliness, if you are questioning it, this was absolutely justified, I think then, that it's in the contract, or maybe not in the contract, but I think he's going to play every home game, and I think he's going to play every TNT game, and I think the rest of them, they'll mm. you know, rotate, this was a non-home, non-TNT, TNT, it's their big ticket, they've got to have Finn Russell, at home, they've got to the non-TNT away games, is that where we see Russell rested, do we think? I'd be surprised
0: if that's in his contract. I mean <laughs> presumably the contracts will have been signed, sealed, and delivered well before the TNT Bath would have been made known about TNT. But yeah, let's see if he does go away to Newcastle on a on a on a dark, rainy um, Friday night up north. Although he is used to that, I mean, he played in Glasgow for years and years. But maybe the Parisian sun means that mm. he, he doesn't quite fancy fancy, fancy that stuff. Yeah. But yeah. Well, what did you make of the? What did you make over the, the of the of the team and the twenty three overall? Some some new faces on the bench as well. Who we should touch on.
1: Yeah, it was interesting, wasn't it? It's kind of been quite hard to predict, isn't it? What they're going to do and who they're going to rotate and where. An extremely extremely strong front row. Um, our two strongest props. Arguably, and, and Stuart coming back, and then an Underhill straight back into the side. So in some areas, absolutely full strength, and then in other areas, a lot of rotation, in particular in the back line, You know, Gallagher rotated, Big Joe rotated slash yeah. slash dropped, and obviously the, the the two headlines is the the halfbacks, and and this gave opportunities to to Glanville, um, Bailey. We'll come on to whether we think those guys took those opportunities. And also two guys off the bench, Tom. So Louis Hennessy and, and Sam Harris. Two guys that Bath fans, you know, not following it as closely as, 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 as perhaps we are, may not know a whole lot about. So why don't we give a little bit of background about both of those guys. I'll kick it off. Um, so Louis Hennessy. And the first thing that struck me when I um Googled Louis Hennessy was the date or the year of birth. What do you think the year of birth of Louis Hennessy is? Um two thousand and three.
0: Two thousand four. Yeah. Two thousand four. What do they call that? It's not obviously not millennial, not is that Gen Z? <laughs> I think that is Gen Z. Uh, very yeah.
1: Yeah, two thousand four, Welsh lad um from mm. Cardiff came to Bath from Cardiff, having um, spent a stint at Harpery, um, studying at the University of Bath now, um, and is going to feature in the centres, looks to be, and is featured for for Wales under 20s, looks to be quite an elusive running centre, more, I would say, in the mould of more a, a kind of Jonathan Joseph mold than a, a an Ollie Lawrence or Manny Tualangi mold. Certainly at this young age of his of his career. What about Sam Harris who who flashed on Saturday?
0: Yeah, I mean Sam Harris is is very highly touted and and rated indeed. I mean I think I mentioned him as as one potentially to watch in the the season podcast. Went to Millfield School in in Somerset, who, who most listeners will probably be familiar with, and then he's been. Um, a regular starter in all England age groups 18 19s and winning his England 20s cap in the Six Nations last year um, a versatile player so plays fly half he's listed first and foremost as a fly half on the on the Bath website but can play 12 and 15 mm. as well and as yeah we've got a little glimpse of it in the in 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 that uh, second half against Saints a very balanced runner. Kind of a, a Tom de Glanville-style runner, I would think. Kind of glides. Maybe a Jerry Guskett sort mm. of operator for, for our, our slightly more experienced listeners. But yeah, it looks like a full package. Can kick, can pass. It's quick. Um, and nearly got over against Saints. So yeah, an, an exciting one to watch, I think.
1: I'll be interested to see where they reckon he's going to play. It's interesting that he is listed as fly half. Whether that actually means anything in the grand scheme of things, I'm not sure. He did come on to cover fullback on yeah. Saturday but Piers Francis has now left and maybe Harris or Warboys now becomes that kind of third choice fly half so that'd be interesting and he's played a lot of rugby I I watched him for England under 20s um last season against Ireland uh, Scotland sorry and he played fullback on that day kick sticks as well so yeah as you say versatile
0: yeah yeah seems to be seems to be a good player which probably mentioned, actually at, at this point so um, with Piers Francis going, where did he go to? You've got the. Oh, I've got the name. Hold you've on. You've got the name. We've we've had some 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 departures to Japan, should we say, over over the time of me doing this podcast. But I think, in terms of name of the club, this one takes the biscuit. You Where's he off to? to
1: Karita Watergash Akashima Rugby Club.
0: Catchy. It is catchy. Catchy for
1: Piers. Yeah, he is leaving twenty appearances for Bath in in, in just over. A season, The headline probably coming out of the, the squad selection and perhaps we buried the lead here was, of course, Tom Dunn selected on the bench and due to make his 200th appearance. And this is, of course, the um, Bath Rugby Plug. It's not the Black and White Butchers podcast just yet. Not yet. Um, but the Bath Rugby Plug brought to you by Black and White Butchers, the catering and events company owned and ran by Bath Hooker Tom Dunn, and in honour of Tom Dunn this week, Tom, we thought we'd kind of remember back a few of his um, most memorable moments in a in a Bathshire, and I'll get it kicked off, and we did throw this out on Twitter, and Rob Jones replied, with this same memory that I have, and, and maybe it was thinking back to, to watching Northampton Saints away, but it was the fixture there, I think it was in 2021, the away fixture on a Sunday afternoon. And at Saints at Saints and they um, they had a penalty down by two points on our kind of five metre line in the corner so potential to kick sticks and and ultimately win the game but they decide to scrum and, and Tom Dunn is kind of goading them into saying scrum, scrum, scrum instead of kicking the three points they elect to um, choose the scrum and then Dunn and his front row mates push them off win the penalty uh, and win Bath the game that was an iconic iconic yeah. Dunn
0: moment up for the contest that is mm. how I would I would sum up Tom Dunn 11 years at Bath, mm. he joins I think only 10 others in, in breaking the, the 200 them. appearances or so you'd have <laughs> obviously Banahan, um, Barkley Flatman Mears would Danny Grucock maybe make the cup mm. Francois Loeb would he have yeah. been potentially up there um, who else Nick and probably not would he be about there mm. Anthony Watson did he get, no. get close this time they're probably not with England um, Jonathan Joseph surely he, he passed the 200 appearances Dave Atwood no possibly Dave Atwood um, let me see if I can see anyway that's probably not the best for the <laughs> listener we probably should have done that before um, but yeah I mean definitely a fan favourite Clubman of the Year and I think what goes, you know, everyone knows how much he wears his heart on the sleeve. You see how he lives the ups and downs with with fans. Like for example, remonstrating with Stuart Hooper after the the sixty four nil. No, probably probably not quite. Um anyway, remonstrating with with Stuart Hooper after that that King's Home defeat. Um, but what goes maybe slightly under the radar is his try scoring ability and, <laughs> and his strike rate. So he scored. Almost forty tries across all competitions. Speaking of things in across the contract, eleven years. Well, you know, I mean, the, the numbers <laughs> don't lie, and there's a quite a, um, a funny interview. He, he sits down with, with with Nathan Cat, and they two hundred Relive definitely not two hundred appearances. <laughs> Nathan Cat. Oh no!
1: No way! No way! Two hundred appearances. No. Yeah, they, they sit down and, and reminisce over some of Tom Dunn's moments, and I'll stop. 174, here. was it Nathan Cat?
0: Yeah. Anyway, this is terrible listening. <laughs> um, so yeah. Anyway, to finish my point, strike rate and try scoring ability is is underrated, um, mm. and I'll, I'll pick um, a, a performance against Saracens in the in the back end of last season to down Bristol Bears briefly out of the European um the the European top table before London Irish went 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 bust but scored a hat trick against Saracens in that game becoming the the first man to do so since since banners back in back in 20 2018 um and no other forward did that in the premiership last year and I think you know those three tries collectively he probably made about six meters with, with ball in hand so he'd be modest enough to say that he um but But as I say, a try is a try. Yeah,
1: the Bath will be brought to you by Tom Dunn's Black and White Butchers. And stay tuned. Mm. Watch this space. I've said that for a couple of weeks, but Tom promises me it's coming. Stay tuned for the next step in the partnership, BRP and Black and White.
0: And I'd say in preparation for that, why don't you um, encourage listeners to fire up their Instagrams or maybe create a poke profile and and give us a follow because um, um, you might need it. You may well need it.
1: You may well need it. Let's get into the game Tom that's probably enough of the fun stuff and let's talk about mm. this pretty tough watch of a game 24-18 all four of Bath's games this season haven't really caught fire yet and I think this was more of the same conditions weren't as bad as against Leicester but still seem to affect the game for sure particularly Bath in the opening sequences first 20 minutes we had four handling errors Max dropped the ball kind of close to their line. We were giving away scrum penalties. Bailey had a penalty that was kind of ruled out because he he missed the shot clock. It, it was kind of a, a lazy and and, and and poor start from Bath, even though the, the scoreboard remained quite close. Yeah,
0: uninspiring. I mean, Mr. Mm. Consistent Will Muir dropped an absolute shocker um, in, in, in the backfield as well. Yeah, it was... Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe this is one for another time, but... Watching all the games that we play, but I think particularly during moments of this first half, you do kind of get a little bit concerned for the product and and the league itself. you know another game where there were plenty of empty seats at, mm. at franklin's Gardens, you know which is obviously a a, a strong um, you know passionate rugby club and have a very good set of supporters having having gone there a couple of couple of seasons ago and it, it just all looked quite flat it wasn't the best advert for for, for prospective fans potentially, you know, wanting to get involved with some club rugby, or having enjoyed the the World Cup, so yeah, uninspiring. I think uh, at that point, well, we got to got to ten points apiece, didn't we? Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, to touch on my earlier point as well, some fairly weak defence. I mean, the the Pearson try, yes, it was a nice line and, and a nice flat ball um, given to him for that try, but the tackle there should really be made, and we just Looked a little bit passive, not quite at the races, um, Mm. and as you said, kind of reminiscent of how we we have done, you know, a couple of seasons back.
1: The second try, the Dan, the the Dane Coles, no, the Alex Coles, um, the Alex Coles try for Northampton Saints is is even worse. Actually, it kind of gets a little bit. the Game kind of stops when when Coles kind of I think it's Coles releases it and then picks it back up and and we just back off back off the the scrum half James who breaks and then offloads it back to Coles and and it was just yeah it was it wasn't a, a, a good performance they from Bath in defence in that first half and they seemed to be kind of yeah lacking and, and perhaps a better side would have would have put some some more points on it we did. Um, score two tries, however, in that first half. Uh, a nice Cameron Redpath break, mm. offloaded to Thomas DeToy, who scored his third try in, in, in three matches. Um, and then Tom De Glamble set up a try, which he scored with a, a, a lovely pass out wide, and then ran the the, ta- the trailing line. But um, I think Northampton, to be honest, would probably be disappointed with their defence in in those tries. And it was a game played a lot kind of in between the the 22s with with kicking battles and errors from both sides um but it was it was defensive errors really that that allowed for for both teams to cross a whitewash twice
0: yeah from, from both sides as you say it was a bit tit for tat wasn't it in that mm. in that first half neither side were good enough to take the game by the scruff of the neck and punish the mistakes that others were making i think one area where we were we were disappointing was the kicking Ooh. you know Particularly, my word. You know, some of the box kicking. Well, actually, both from from both halfbacks. It was just quite aimless. It looked like they didn't quite know what they were meant to be doing. Without the the rudder um, that is Ben Spencer, and, you know, so used to him managing the game and communicating really well, they didn't look like they had good, you know, a good line of communication between Bailey and Truda. And so often they cooked too deep. I mean, mm. I lost count, but seven, eight. Mm. Marks that Northampton were able to call essentially unpressured. Um, that you know, it looked like the chasers didn't really know what was what was happening either.
1: It looked like they were in a place in the pitch when they've been told in the week, right? If we're here, yeah, kick it, yeah. And then it comes to them, and they go, "Well, I've been told to kick it. What sort of kick am I going to do? I don't really know. Am i going to go for territory. Am I going to go for a compete? Are the chasers actually ready for the kick? Are the pack to the pack know that I'm going to kick? And it just looked like a yeah, a half-back pairing that was hasn't played a lot together, hasn't played a lot this season, and just struggled to control the game and struggled to kind of direct the game in a, in a positive fashion. It, it, was, it was poor. They looked a little bit lost, didn't they? They did look lost. I thought they also missed in, in that back line. They missed a little bit of go forward. Mm-hmm. Um, we're really looking forward to having Ollie Lawrence back, who, who will be kind of the last oh. remaining... Um, international to come back, and he was the international which obviously played the most for Bath, so so naturally will come back the latest. But, but perhaps miss Big Joe as well. It's not Joe's strongest point, but he has been coming off his wing at points this season, and I do think with a backline of, of Bailey, of um, Cameron, and of um, Max Joma with Gallagher, not Gallagher, sorry, the Glanville Muir and McConaughey, it is quite lightweight Mm. Um, Kutseer wasn't giving us a huge amount for mm-hmm. number eight either so I do think we we missed a bit of go forward and, and, and that combined with errors, directionless kicking meant that I think we were lucky to be 17-15 at half time
0: Yeah, albeit, you know, as we saw with, with England in the World Cup who employed a very similar strategy that they're just going to kick from pretty much anywhere and, you know, there were moments in that game where Schroeder was kicking from inside the 40 metre line of... Of saints, mm. and so if you're doing that, yeah, fine. Um, it's helpful, obviously, to have runners of the quality of Ollie Lawrence. But how often is he going to get the ball in an area where he can do True. real damage? Uh, you know, if we employ that tactic, not too often. And how many times did we see Bailey at sorry uh, Redpath, Bailey and Redpath, look very similar as we were mm. as we were saying, and particularly with the shambles of a camera that was <laughs> um, that was that was being used at Franklin's Garden. But, yeah, how often did we see a Joma or Redpath or Muir with any space where it was actually quick ball going forward? Very, very rarely.
1: So once and Max dropped a three-on-one in the second half. Yeah, nice. It was a nice try, though, the, the de Glambo try. And, and it yeah, I, I finally realised, I think, who Tom de Glambo reminds me oh, of. God. and <laughs> there's going to be some Venn diagram niche, here. Niche, uh, there's no, there's going, going to be some, some Venn diagram, but hit me up on Twitter if you're with me. Tom de Glanville and Tom Lamonby from Somerset Cricket strike a remarkable resemblance, perhaps separated at birth, although you definitely weren't seeing it. Oh, a bit sorry. like Tom Lamonby's batting. It was from the sublime to the ridiculous for, for TDG T, 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 uh, after the second half, where. He kind of dropped a ball into touch from trying to gather a kick, which he was never going to gather, really. Um, And then from that ensuing line-out inside our 22, it was one phase and and Saints were over for their third and ultimately last try. That was really, really frustrating one to concede.
0: Yeah, yeah, shocking. And, you know, that was on 43 minutes and that Mm. was the last of the points that Saints conceded. And at that point, we started to ring the changes. It was a strong mm. bench that we'd we'd put out: Tom Down, Mr. Two Hundred, Ben Spencer, Charlie Yule's, and Alfie Barbary came on. Will Stewart followed five minutes later, and we started to dominate territory. Mm. You know, we had seventy-one percent of territory mm. in that second half. How many? You know, watching back there, there were there were barely any. Um, opportunities that Saints had in good positions when they had the ball after that that final try. Mm. So how weren't we able to to, to, to get close? Or well, how weren't we able to find the try to, to 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 take us close or take us ahead? It's just errors, isn't it? Just errors. I think I
1: counted six missed opportunities from the fifty fifty minute mark when we've made all of those changes to the the seventy ninth minute mark when Saints. Um, made their last turnover. Perhaps I'll I kind of go through oh. go through them now. So Scrum on their um, five-metre line on 50 minutes where we conceded a penalty. Then we went into for a, a line-out on the five-metre line, went through some phases, could see it, dropped it on 54 minutes. Then on 66 minutes, another line-out on the Saints five-metre line, which was held up. The resulting Scrum was a free kick and they relieved pressure. Then we spoke about it briefly on, on kind of 72 minutes. Max Ojoma dropped a ball five metres out after the, the Sam Harris break when there seemed to be a three-on-one outside and an almost certain try. And then from that ensuing scrum, we gave away a penalty. We dropped the ball on just inside the, the Saints 22 on 77 minutes and gave away another scrum, uh, scrum penalty at that following scrum. And then finally on 79 minutes, we were on their five-metre line barrelling down at the line, but a poor clean out from, from Fergus Lee Warner and and they won the, the deserved turnover and, and kicked it out and, and won the game. Six opportunities, Tom, and, and, and a theme running through there is handling errors, individual errors, but also a scrum which which started to creak towards that second half. Yeah,
0: when we made those errors that you just described, we compounded them. And mm. that's what is yeah. the killer, right? If you drop the ball five metres out, you Better go put some pressure on that scrum and and make it very well, very difficult for them I, to exit.
1: I don't think maybe put pressure on or just just back off. And or don't just, don't give away a penalty
0: there. Just hold it steady, right? So, yeah. so one thing actually that South Africa was so good at doing was that they at scrum times they'd give a good picture to the referee in the early stages, maybe the first half, hmm. and then once the referee was comfortable that they were, you know, playing within the 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 the, the parameters that. That he wanted they would then start to put the pressure on particularly with guys coming off the bench and, and that's why how they were so successful because if you go at it hammer and tongs the referee will find something against you or will mm. go tit for tat as we see so often um, the referee as soon as Will Stewart came on and packed down for a scrum straight away when he came on which I always think is a difficult thing for a, a prop to do and something mm. that you should kind of try and avoid as a, as a coach but he came on he went straight down lost his mind he then, on the reset, was obviously a little bit tentative and is only, you know, it's his first first, first game back and he hasn't been playing that much over the last couple of months. He early engaged, he was a bit too eager, free kick. From that point, you know, the referee kind of wants to give against you because he doesn't, the scrum's changed, the scrum was relatively solid before that and, the, you know, suddenly the pitch has changed and he got pinged time and time again. And, you know, Jurman Gran said afterwards that he... Was was going to see some clarity on on some of those decisions because um, I think there was an element of Saints not driving straight, and I think that some of those penalties were pretty 50-50 But mm. once the referee gets you, you know has it in for you, I think um, it, it can really the tide can turn against you pretty quickly. He looks severely lacking
1: in confidence to me, Paul Stewart. We we touched on it a couple of weeks he's ago. He's not had a
0: good tour in France,
1: exactly and it it kind of shows he he, he looks a little bit timid at scrums time, a little bit timid around the park and yeah it's it's he looks a shell of the player that that he was a few seasons ago at the moment and yeah. that can all change
0: yeah and and you know potentially uncertain about his future as well or more certain about his future we don't know where he will be when his when his contract um is up that up at, at, at the end of the year you know we we don't know we obviously heard the heard the rumors so yeah, slightly concerning, and you're completely right. The fact that the mm. veterans in Mahler and Cole were selected ahead of him, given the progress he was making before the World Cup, is an indictment on his form. And it, it, you know, he just needs some game time. He needs it to start yeah. to turn. He needs to get back training with Beno Urbano, um and and Tom Dunn, which is a combination he knows so well. And I've no doubt that he's he's got the talent to be a dominant force particularly at a premiership level I'd, but yeah I'd start him on Friday I think
1: I think he just needs a little bit of confidence, get back scrummaging with dun and, and and Benno this week, and I think that's the sort of thing he needs i don't I don't really want to hide him on Friday yeah, although well, D- toy is looking nah. good particularly in the loose well, yeah, it wasn't just him though
0: like mm. we, we gave away penalties prior I think it was forty three on forty three minutes there was a again a slightly ropey looking penalty where the toy got an initial shove and then it looked like the Saints-Luso kind of bored bought, bought in and, and wasn't driving straight. So, yeah, I think it was 10 scrums out of 10 on their own feed for Northampton and I think they won four penalties. And when you think mm. that historically, and, and when we previewed this game, Northampton are a side where they've got class out wide and, and firepower out wide, but an area where historically you've been able to target them is up front. And so for them to put those sort of numbers against us... Obviously, we're a side that prides ourselves on, on that area will be a concern, but there is referee interpretation there for sure, and I'm looking forward to the, the top-tier referees coming back, on, coming back because I think mean, you see so much more consistency. Very much agree with that.
1: It was another former Bath man that was putting us to the sword a little bit at scrum time. Not a former Bath fan that I think many Bath fans that will remember. I think you'll even admit yourself, you have forgotten yeah. that Elliot Miller Mills signed a short-term contract with, with Bath last season. Um he was up there with sort of Jamie Shilcock in terms of influence on Bath, but yet they're both coming back to bike us this season. <laughs> Who will be
0: next? It will <laughs> not Mercer. be, it will not be Zach Mercer. Um, very sadly, not for, not for Friday night, but very sadly he's picked up a, uh, an ankle injury and looks like he's ruled out for most of the season. So um a quick return to Mercer watch. but um, yeah. Matt Garvey's not still at gloss is he? No, 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 no. <laughs> he's, he's firmly tucked up
1: we'll come on to the Gloucester game in a short while but that was 24-18 really frustrating I think close so close to being um, four from four what one penalty or one drop ball at the end and then what two metres or the other six missed opportunities we had from from being four from four we did pick up the the losing bonus point um, important in, in a tight league
0: and it's in our hands right I mean we as you you Described each of those opportunities that we had, and watching the game back, we will feel like we should have won that game again. Leicester, there's a very good argument to say that we should have won that game as well, and it could have gone either way. It was a it was a fifty five forty five, and it could have the, the needle could have could have gone either way. Johan van grant has did take a bit of a risk there from a selection point of view, you know, leaving out key players that I think if they had played from the start. The result could have been different I'm thinking Spencer Barbary um, Finn Russell maybe Big Joe, as, as you said Ollie Lawrence. so if we'd have snuck that game it would have looked like a, a very very clever calculated gamble from Jürgen van gran. Uh, he, he, you know he's taken the risk with selection on on that game and it's not paid off so um, that I think is going to be a theme that we see throughout this season. Who are we selecting for which games? Which games are we are we targeting? Which games do we think we can pick a slightly weaker side and, and get away with it? Um, mm. And it, it it wasn't to be, but we're we're very very close. And you know, I'd I'd I'm, I'd rather be I'd rather have the mindset. Oh, we should have won that game. We had opportunities, and we should be pushing to, to you know um, to, to, to to continue to be near the top of the table. But it's so tight, and there's we've had our easy
1: game, right? I think Newcastle unfortunately do look. Relatively comfortable, the worst side in the league, and the rest of it is, is an absolute bum fight. Mm. So um, it's so tight, and uh, I, Friday is a huge game for us. I, you don't want to start losing three from three.
0: Yep. Um, and, you know, we, will, we will shortly come on to that. Um, and another injury that doesn't help things, G, in, in the back row department Chris Clurter, mm. um He's ruled cool. out for, and I quote, a period of time. Um, by Bath Rugby it's, that's what they they say on the website so that that, that clears things up but that's a <laughs> that's a that's a leg injury for, for Chris Clutter. so um, he and won't be um, starting any fights on the on the pitch for a little while hopefully he doesn't go out and do a Gavin Henson and get himself hurt um, on a on a night out somewhere else but yeah
1: and is his former Munster and now Bath teammate also injured Matt Gallagher of course this was kind of our suspicions were raised, nice segue from me, when Bath announced the short term signing of um, former Jersey Reds fullback, now Bath Rugby fullback, Brendan Owen. Um, Tom, take it away on this.
0: Well, thank you very much for that. Um, <laughs> another player that I, I wasn't aware of previously. <laughs> so, yeah, he was Jersey Reds, have you just said that? Mm. Yeah, so Jersey Reds um, obviously has experience. Of winning at the Rec only this season when they beat us comfortably in was that their last game? Yeah. Ah, oh, so yeah, yet again, Bath um, using the you know not using but Bath um, picking through the, the the carcass of another club that very sadly has been mm. has been has been downed. Um, yeah, I don't know a huge amount about this chap. I must admit. Um, I'm just gonna find a few details. Yes, yeah, so he's a South African, 27 year old, um, and obviously has has become a free agent. He's got plenty of of experience, mm. mainly in um, in in Australia, but has also played in in Italy and, and and South Africa. So yeah, I mean, I'd imagine it is just cover, and I would have a strong preference to continue to see guys like Sam Harris and Louis mm. Hennessy be involved on on the bench. As to Matt Gallagher, it's a Little bit surprising, isn't it? So, I'd be very frustrated if we haven't heard anything from the club and he has picked up, um, you know, picked up up a serious injury. He's so important for us, but yeah, he wasn't involved against Leicester either. When was the last time he did he play against Saracens? Um, no, he was involved against Leicester, so I I don't think he's oh, yeah, he starts to quite right, he starts against Leicester, he didn't play against Saracens. Saracens, yeah.
1: I, th- I mean, I'm looking at the, the kind of Twitter, Bath B's Twitter feed, and it says, ready for the first West Country derby of the season, next match. And there's a photo, a big photo of Matt Gallagher's face on it. Now, are these done by the marketing team pre-season and they're kind of set in stone? Or is that a little nod to the fact that we'll be seeing Matt Gallagher next
0: week? Or is it a bluff and we're going to see Sam Harris start a fullback in Gloucester, plan their whole training week on that tweet. Um, completely, completely differently, yeah. Not sure.
1: Yeah, kind of did feel like Brendan Owen in, Piers Francis out, and, and we kind of touched on Piers Francis, leaving to um, the new opportunity in Japan. Tom, Gloucester away, Friday night. For the third time, third season in a row, you will be in the shed, and I'm delighted to say I'll be joining you on this trip. Our first Bath game, of the season yeah, still saving up to, to pay for a ticket at the wreck but um, managed to snag a couple in the shed for, for this Friday and absolutely cannot wait for this
0: yeah um, looks like relatively good conditions some rain forecast in the morning but then brightening up that sounds properly like a weather report that but yeah brightening up um, at, at King's Home. Um yeah cannot wait I mean I've had some of the most emotional times a Bath fan sitting in, the, you know, in the shed. Two years ago, obviously, we won't talk about that. But then last year, um, with our comeback in the second half, and the shed just absolutely draining, um, some of some of most or a good portion of fans leaving before the the, the 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 final whistle. So yeah, absolutely cannot wait to get in there, nice and early. Um, soak up some build-up, and mm. um, hopefully make it two from two on, on the road to Gloucester.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like yourself, cannot wait for, for this one. It was a great... Proper
0: good. Like one, It's got to be one of the best fixtures, I think, of the, of the season. Friday night, what more, what more can you want?
1: It's the biggest one, isn't it? I think, aware of Gloucester. Mm. They can throw as many mm. other West Country yeah. derbies at us, but I think this is the one that, that I think both sets of supporters will yeah. will highlight. Yeah. Um, and yes, it's a TNT game, so expect Finn back at high <laughs> half. Um, the Gloucester selection may actually be even more kind of interesting and important in the context of the game. So, as you referred to earlier, and, and really unfortunately for him, it does appear like Zach Mercer is going to have ankle surgery and, and, and is set to miss the remainder of the season, England aspirations, and, and just feel for the guy that if true, and still kind of not confirmed yet, as we record on Tuesday night, but may well be by the time you listen to this. That is just devastating for him. But they've had a huge number of players missing. Mm. I think they put together a pretty strong 15 that were missing when, when they played against Sale last Friday, a 27-10 defeat. And and some of them will be returning for gloss on Friday. Mateus Carreras and, and, and Mateo Alemano back from... Argentina duty Johnny May remarkably back from England duty and Louis Louis Reese zammit back from the World Cup and potentially fit again amongst some others the uh, like with all these bath games the selection on on, on this occasion Thursday midday mm-hmm. it's going to be really really important for, for what's going to be a, a close tussle
0: yeah and I um, I, I had a chat with um, a friend of mine and, and Gloucester fan um, who runs the Rugby Collective podcast and, and, and Twitter handle, just to get a bit of a sense for, for what they've seen. And I think, like us, it's been a bit hard to kind of pull together some themes from the season because you haven't seen a huge amount of consistency in selection. Obviously, you'd be they'd be missing lots of players, like the guys you mentioned, but also Val raparva McGuigan, Val May. Fraser, Palmain, good. <laughs> Ruan Ackerman, Ludlow, um, Varney, Thorley. Um, so, you know, kind of the spine of their their their, their 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 squad, they haven't really been um haven't really been on 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 the pitch. Um and the assessment um in some fairly key areas. So um defensively they've been being quite poor. Um I think particularly against Saracens, they had no answer to to, to, to what Saracens threw at them mm. on a Friday night game at King's Home, um, the scrum seems to be um, on the stronger side this season, but apparently the, the lineout hasn't been functioning nearly as as well as it as well as it should have been. So mm. um, perhaps uh, perhaps an area that that um, that the we can exploit. But as you say, G, some some big names potentially to come back. Um, And I think it's very, very hard to break down this game in any depth before we see the the, the selections that are made on on Thursday at at midday. Yeah, I
1: I remember when we spoke to Tom Dunn about this fixture last season and compared it to the one two seasons ago. And he kind of referenced the fact that they started to to get a little bit of a nudge on at scrum time and, and how important that was. In that fixture, so yeah, as I said, I would love to see Stewart starting with Dunn and Abano, and give kind of the flexibility of Detroit's um, versatility off the bench. Um, I think that would be really nice to see. And, and, and yeah, Spencer's got to start. He doesn't need to be rested. And I think, as I said, Russell, Russell, and Gallagher will return
0: potentially. Lawrence, mm, really? Is he back? I mean, it so he was involved, wasn't he, in every single game. That 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 at yeah. the World Cup, but how many of those did he actually start? I don't mean. He's, the, I don't mean he's back. He's not available. I think. Well, he's. I don't think he's back with um
1: back training yet. So okay. the, the two boys, Stuart and Undale, came back, back last week, and I think Ollie's taken some some time fair off, off fair which enough. is fair enough. Um, so
0: I'd be surprised to see him. And I think under the lights, with the pressure that there will be as well, Matt Gallagher would like to see him come. Come back at fullback. Just offers so much with mm. it, with what he can do, fielding the ball at the backfield, and then you know the weapon that he has, you know, kicking from 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 you know to touch from penalties is, um, is, 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 is you know, so important as we've said so many times. Although Ben Spencer didn't do a bad job at Franklin's Gardens, Ben Spencer never does a bad job of no. anything
1: he turns his hand to, and maybe Tom De on 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 the wing to provide a little bit of experience fielding those balls as well, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating stuff, Tom. Absolutely cannot wait for that. And I'm sure there'll be many of you listeners in the shed and, and, and in King's home on Friday night. So um, please do come and say hello and, and, and enjoy the rugby. It's, it's um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be fantastic. Um, thank you, Tom, for joining me. Thank you listeners for joining us once again. Um, No victory to talk about this week, but um, we roll on in a massive game that we have just previewed. As Tom said, please do follow us across all socials, Twitter and um, Instagram. Instagram in particular may be coming more prominent as we kind of go through the season. As I say, watch this space, share the podcast with your friends and stick behind the